broadcast a show that, much like the agricultural revolution, has completely transformed human civilization. This week we finally answer the question Socrates, Descartes, and Nietzsche could not. Is it fun to watch robots play video games? Why, yes. Yes, it is. And now here are the hosts who put the civility in Sid Meier's civilization. Jennifer Jamula and Allison Goldberg. <laughs> Welcome to the Lion King. <laughs> what was that? What was that beautiful music, Matt? Uh, I'm surprised you don't know that it's the Grammy award-winning theme song to Civilization Four. It's called Baba Yetu, oh. the Lord's Prayer in Swahili. It's so weird you guys don't know that. So weird we don't know it. Well, now we do. Doesn't it slap? What? It slaps. It won, won awards? Wow. I'm going to wake up to that every morning. It's Time good, it out right? with the sunrise. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd love to. It's just wild to me these fandoms that they're so wildly popular, and I have never fucking heard of them. You know. <laughs> so speaking of that, who the fuck are we? First, uh, welcome everyone. I'm Jen. I'm Allie. We are the hosts of Two Girls One Podcast. We are the Two Girls. There happens to be another person here. We, he shall remain <laughs> nameless, although we already called him by his name, Matt. Uh, um, but Ali and I are performers who performed the internet uh, on stage using things we found online as our script for a lot of years in our show Blogologs. We then created a web series called Two Girls, One Show, where we found people behind internet posts, interviewed them, and went on some fun scripted adventures. And now here with Two Girls, One Podcast, we're talking to different internet communities and people behind phenomena that we find really interesting. So welcome. Today is about something like Ali said, a lot of people know about, but it is still, it's pretty niche, right? I think so. I don't know. Yeah, it's hugely popular and I don't know anything about it. I mean, I learned uh, for this interview, but yeah. Right. Although, you know, I also told you about the time that I went to Nashville and I just like was blown away by country music. I was like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like millions of fans. Everyone's singing along. They all know the words. I'm like, what the fuck is this? But um. <laughs> So today, uh, we have Garth Brooks. Yeah, we have Garth Brooks will be joining us. We're pretty excited about it. He's very popular. He's married to Trisha Yearwood, who is awesome. Okay. Who's that? (laughs) She's also a very popular country singer. (laughs) See, I don't know. Matt, did you know that? I I know the name. I couldn't name a song, but yes. Neither could I. Jen, what does she sing? I don't know. Don't put me on the spot. I really, I actually don't know. But she has a cooking she show. Her name, but you don't know any oh. of this. And she's a cooking show. Oh, wow. Well, she's so versatile. She is. She Does is. she sing and cook? No. I would watch that. Why, is, why yeah. has nobody done that yet? Because if someone sang and cooked, like, I would probably remember the instructions. A cooking musical? That's brilliant. Yeah. Let's do that. No, just like uh, the recipe. You know what I mean? I would, I would be into cooking if they did it like that. Cooking and singing and singing and cooking. Great, you were already halfway there. <laughs> That's the theme song. Or like a poetry cooking show, or like, yeah, the recipes nope, are No, nope, wouldn't sign up for that. No, nope. no, it's got to oh, be I'm music. Out. Yeah. I'm out. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, Allie, what, what are we looking at today? Okay, so today I want to say this is a little bit of a callback to episode 35 titled This AI Hosted Podcast is Going to Kill Us All. So I kind of view today's episode a little bit like that. Um, Podcasts exist 
welcome. And then uh, some guy made an AI-generated podcast, and the stories are different every time. So that's your primer. Uh, go re-listen to it and then come back here. <laughs> so this is basically, there's a game called Civilization where people build civilizations and trade and go to war and dominate each other and spread disease, I assume, and all those lovely things. Um, and then like a few dorks create art and culture. And that's why the world is going to shit. What? So, but then someone made an AI version. So basically now you can watch AI play this game, but because it's AI, I think there are different different tweaks in the algorithm that so that it can play out completely differently every time. So basically you're watching AI create a world and battle itself. And now people are going nuts over this and there's whole communities and it's basically turned into like its own online TV show where people are tuning in to see what happened that week. I would say it also, from what I researched, it also reminded me a little bit of Game of Thrones, right? So you're like just tuning in every week to see like who's battling who and what's going on, but it's all... AI generated. Right. Was that, that good? Did you guys like that? I liked it. Yeah, How'd I do? Excellent. A plus. Can I take a break? Okay. Cool, yeah, you're cool. done. Uh, we'll, right. s- we'll see you next yeah, week. Yeah, why don't you go eat your avocado toast? I'll Bye. see ya. <laughs> you Californian. No, avocado toast is so fucking stupid. Okay, because people go and they pay like $12 for their avocado toast. And I'm like, that is literally avocado and toast. I agree. You can make that at home for $2. Yeah. what I did this morning. <laughs> yeah, but then you got to scoop it out and spread it on. It's so much Oh, work. yeah. It's real tough. It's actually like the simplest <laughs> thing you could ever fucking make. There's no yeah, mixing. A, There's no ingredients. You're if just I had to write a song it. about it, it would yeah. go, avocado, you scoop it out, and you put it on the toast. Show over. That would be the I whole show. I would watch the show. We yeah. got to make this. We got to make it. We got to make it. <gasps> oh, no. I know. Sorry. I have a better one. Avocado. It's a thing I like the most. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. I'll put it on my toast. This, is, but you, this writes itself. But, Come on. But when you say put it on your toast, do you mean you just scoop it, like slop it on there? Or is there spreading Honestly, involved? Honestly, guys, I don't even toast the bread. <laughs> really? Okay. So that's nah, I just put avocado on bread. I think it's great. Simplest <laughs> thing in the world. Actually, uh, I have a little Jewish twist. I put it on a piece of challah, and it's Ooh. fantastic. Yes, yes. Wow. Very good. So why you would pay someone else to do that for you is insane. Like, go oh, eat Bacana, sushi out. I put it on my challah. Mm, mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. I likes that a lot. I have... Here's the thing about that. That was so good for me that I'm literally going to do that now every time I have an <laughs> avocado. I put it on the challah. Yep, got it. <laughs> but yeah, so, no, but like people should eat out something that you couldn't make on your own. You know what I mean? I, Everybody should yeah, just go totally eat sushi agree. all the time. Scene. So we're talking with Steve. Steve. Let's just call him Steve, uh, who runs the current version of this game. And he captures data and he makes videos of this and puts them on the YouTube. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. I make my video. I put it on my YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> we should tell our listeners what this community is called, what this experiment and show has become. Get ready for a sound effect on our voices. Three, two, one. Civ, Civ Battle, Battle Royale. Royale. Cool. That was really anticlimactic, but I... You know the let's get ready to rumble guy from uh, boxing or wrestling or whatever let's that is? Let's get ready to yeah. rumble. We, we need that, and I'll put the echo on your voice. Okay, okay. But but, but you're saying Civ, Civ Battle Royale. Okay. Let's get ready for Civ Battle Royale! 
Honestly, that didn't need a sound effect. No, I it's, I it's good. I did it myself a little bit. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, you good did. Make it. Yep. You did. Yep. You were your own sound effect. Allie's description is fantastic. I will make one minor caveat. I uh, knew he that would. I knew he would. These, the AI podcast was created by, was programmed by a programmer. You know, we interviewed him. Uh, and he built the AI, I presume. In this case, the AI is built into the game. It's a natural part of the game. So if you're playing a single-player version of Civ, you're playing against other AI-controlled civilizations. Why the Civ Battle Royale is notable is because the person who created it uh, loaded 60 civs onto a map. All of all of them are AI-controlled. There are no human players, and just let the game run. So uh, it wasn't built by the community, but it has been uh, up. Uh, maintained and expanded upon deeply by this very, very passionate community who do, as you said, you know, they tune in every week to see what the state of the world, this battle, uh, and they're also writing fan fiction and they're writing uh, fake newspaper headlines about what has happened that week. Uh, that's the stuff I absolutely love about this. Wait, they're writing fan fiction? Oh, yeah. Like what? Like some some tribes fucking each other? Like what does that mean? <laughs> Now, you know fan fiction doesn't have to always be sexy time. Nope, I don't know that. I don't know that. <laughs> like they're writing like stories about the people. Stories about the people, especially because, you know, when you're playing Civ, you're you're personifying a leader like Alexander the Great or, you know, Catherine of Russia or something. And so those are the leaders that are kind of taking turns. But these stories are not about the, the political stuff because the game in 4000 AD, which the current version is now, it's just complete utter war. It's like a nuclear hellscape, probably. So uh, these stories are about the lives of common people in this like hellish future that the game has created with 60 civs battling each other. I thought that was wow. amazing. Is that what we're destined for? It's a great question. Matt, you're the optimist. You're supposed to argue there. Don't look at the simulation as a, a window into the future because an important caveat here is that when you play the game, quote unquote, normally, there are different conditions for victory. So if you are the first civilization to make it into outer space, you win a science victory. If you're the first civilization to unite every country. Oh, right. And this one only has a domination victory. This is domination yeah, only. So it is made for war. Exactly. Okay. So it's, so it's, it's, ga it's Game of thrones -y. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Uh, something else that I found really interesting when I was looking into it is that, okay, bear with me here. In college, I read this book that I don't remember very well, but it's called Good Guns, story. Germs, and Steel. Did <laughs> oh, you yeah. guys read this? Never yeah, read it, but yeah. I remember it. Never read it, but I, yeah, never, never read it. <laughs> but it's really interesting because it's saying that basically, you know, certain societies have advanced faster than others and it has nothing to do with intellect or, you know, genetics or anything like that. It's, it's actually environmental factors and things like that. And I read that those trends are also playing out in the game, which is sort of interesting. Totally. So like Australia is isolated for a very long time or, you know, certain places if they have mountains and rivers or whatever. Uh, so I thought it was really interesting that in, in some ways this game is demonstrating some of these real life trends as well. Yep. I love that analogy. The thing, as a player of this game, the thing that I am obsessed with about Civilization, and there have been six versions. The version that's running for Battle Royale is Civ Five, so, so uh, it's not the most current game. It's the last one. And when you play the game, it is balanced and scripted so precisely that no matter what you do in the game, if you're playing on a normal difficulty, you could say like, oh, I'm going to like 
rush to my military tech tree and I'm going to get gunpowder and te- and tanks so I can like bulldoze the the competition. And you can try to do that, but there are so many other factors at play where your citizens will be unhappy and they might revolt or there might be famine or you might not have the sailing technology to get across water. And so there are some instances where you will meet like a technologically inferior Civ and dominate them the way we have seen that play out in history. But there's there's no way there's it's very rare to see a game where people have like tanks in the 1700s. Now, insanely talented players who like crunch all the numbers and play on a spreadsheet can do it. But um, the game is so precise in representing history that no matter what you do, you're always sort of following a historical path and you're seeing like an alternative history play out as you play that I love when I play this game. It's so cool. Man, you're so cool. Sitting around playing video games all day. Yeah, man. I mean, Do you parent sometimes? <laughs> eh, I outsource most of that. That's good. You should. You should. <laughs> all right. I think it's time for trivia. Woo. I have a special trivia segment for you today. It is an audio trivia. Wow. Today's episode is about the video game franchise Civilization. It's basically a digital board game, but... Not really a cinematic experience, except modern iterations of the series starting in 2005 featured major, and I'm talking major, movie stars doing voiceover. So when you're playing this game and you discover a new technology or a new like government civic, or you build a wonder like Stonehenge or the pyramids, a little window pops up and a narrator would read a relevant quote from a historical figure like Plato or Queen Victoria. I'm gonna play you some narration clips from various Civ games, and you need to identify the famous actor. Oh, I'm going to fail so them. badly. I'm so I love bad this. at this I'm game. I'm scared of failing. It's <laughs> so bad. Now there are three voiceover actors I- in question here. I'm going to play you six clips, two from each. Two of them, I'm going to say, are household names. They are very, very famous actors. That if you mentioned their name to you know a stranger on the street they'd be like yeah uh, it's that person from from this you know so the question is will you recognize their voice the third person much less well known but it's kind of a bonus answer and we'll get to that in a second okay are you ready we are ready here's the first clip from civilization 4 when you discover the assembly line technology you hear this quote from henry ford people can have the model t in any color so long as it's black. Who is the actor reading that line from Henry Ford? You didn't say they were no going to be playing characters. No idea. No idea. <laughs> Not a clue. It was Henry Ford, clearly. Uh, maybe Harrison <laughs> to, to Ford? Cl- hmm. Just to clarify, they're not really playing the characters, they're just reading quotations from famous historical figures. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yes. Um, because you need to hear the audio. Here, here's the, that clip one more time. People can have the Model T in any color, so long as it's black. Sam Waterston? <laughs> Ooh, okay. I'm, I like that I'm, guess. I literally have no guess. I'm never okay. going to get it. I don't have a fucking clue. Not a single act. You can't Not, think of a single actor. It's a, it's a man. It's definitely a man. It's definitely a man. I uh, mean, look, you don't know. You don't know. Don't judge. That's true. Can- All right. Here's, a, here's, here's another clip of the same actor. Uh, this is when you discover bronze working. Uh, in Civilization IV, uh, this is a quote from Homer, the famous, not not the Simpson, the uh, got it, got Greek it, got it. Thank you for clarifying. Mm-hmm. 
It is entirely seemly for a young man killed in battle to lie mangled by the bronze spear. In his death, all things appear fair. Very distinctive sound. I feel like I should be able to pinpoint this. Can I phone a friend? Mm, I I don't think we have that capability. (laughs) Is it it Sam? Who's the man in his... Sticking with Sam's? Uh, <laughs> <only say laughs> I know. Who's the actor in his 80s and he's in a lot of cowboy movies? Oh, um. It's not him if you're trying to. Okay. Right, but I think I know. Uh, the, who has become a director? Clint Eastwood. Is that who you're thinking of? Not him. I'm definitely not getting a gift card with this one. I know. Mm. Nah, I don't, I don't have a well, clue I who like, that is. I like Sam Waterston uh, of Law and Order fame as a, as a guess. Uh, Ali, you're going to venture any male actor as a guess? Tom Cruise. Oh, excellent, excellent. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> Charlton Heston? Do they have to be alive? Oh, so interesting trivia, and I hope no one is doing any Googling of any kind, cheating. Uh, I don't even know what two, I'd Google here. <laughs> two of the actors who have narrated Civilization have passed away, as a matter of fact. Wow. So, uh, you know what? I'll give you this clue. This person is no longer with us, unfortunately. Okay. This is bronze working again. It is entirely seemly for a young man killed in battle to lie mangled by the bronze spear. In his death, all things appear fair. Final answers. Charlton Heston. Charlton Heston's a great guess. I, I'm hearing him here, yeah, and yeah. that I like that okay. a lot. Okay, I like that. Allie, are you and, crying? And you're sticking with Tom Cruise? <laughs> I have Allie, no sticking idea. With Tom Cruise. I don't have any idea who this is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the correct answer for number one It's going to be someone is... I haven't even heard of. <laughs> no, you'll know it. Leonard Nimoy of oh. Star Trek fame. That is oh, Leonard yeah, Nimoy. I, now that you say it, no, I wouldn't. I confirm. I that ever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to go Google that. Like I don't know. Yeah, that was tricky though. But are you ready yeah. for round two? Yes. Oh no, I'm not gonna be. I'm not ready for round two <laughs> at all. This is the narrator for Civilization VI, the current iteration of the game. Oh, he was Spock. <laughs> Get off Google. I had to. I had to. You give me no choice. This is the narrator for Civilization VI. Uh, This is when you discover currency or, you know, coins or paper money. Uh, And this is a quote from Helen Gurley Brown, who was the editor-in-chief of Cosmopolitan Magazine for 32 years. Money, if it does not bring you happiness, will at least help you be miserable in comfort. Wait, he that he was quoting Helen Gurley Brown. Correct. Why they have a man? Okay. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, was he Irish? Go figure. A man spoke for her. <laughs> <laughs> to be clear, just it's one narrator, one actor narrating historical quotes of all genders and cultures from across history. If that makes more sense in context. Liev Schreiber. Ooh. Okay. You know why I picked him? because uh, I'm going to tell you because um, he's he's the narrator of a show called Hard Knocks which is about football it's, I forget which network it's on but he has a resonant voice like that and he does a lot of narration so we have okay Shiver. all right this is this is a great guess here is a second clip of the Civilization Six narrator uh, this is when you discover mathematics and this is a quote from I'm probably going to butcher this Shuck Shakuntala Devi, who was like a writer and a mental calculator, like a mathematician from India. 
Without mathematics, there's nothing you can do. Everything around you is mathematics. Everything around you is numbers. Who is this very famous actor? Okay, first of all, it sounds like my brother's growing up. If you don't like math, you can't do anything. <laughs> you want to sit in that chair? You have to know math. Fucking stupid. Oh, jerk. <laughs> I'm changing my response. Okay. Liam Neeson. Ooh, okay. Yeah, he sounded much more like a Liam than a Liav this time. Okay, I like that answer. I'm going to second Jen because it's the only thing I can do here. You you are both actors. Allie, you literally are in Los Angeles. You can't think of a single male actor with, a, no. with like a, no. a nice voice. They, okay. Honestly, all men sound the same to me. That, yeah, that's fair. Allie, that's not That's true. fair. <laughs> the correct answer for number two is Sean Bean of Game of Thrones and Lord of the Rings fame. Cool, cool, cool. So like I've never seen either of those. Got it. Wow. Okay, yeah. cool. I read the th- Game of Thrones books. I never saw the TV show. And you didn't hear his voice? It wasn't, did he, his voice didn't come out of the books for you? It wasn't well, an audio book? I didn't do audio books, so no. Got it. That's, that's your mistake. Sometimes voices come out of books for me. Is that weird? That's great. <laughs> but he's that's not great. a household that's... name, Matt, right? Well, I guess it depends what circles you run in. I, I think he's, he's a famous, famous face, famous voice. Okay. Third entry here. This is this is another narrator, uh, again in the Sid Meier's Civilization franchise, much less known. But see if you can identify it. Okay, this is what happens when you discover military science in Civilization Four. It is a quote from one of our founding fathers, John Adams. I must study politics and war, that my sons may have liberty to study mathematics and philosophy. So not quite the gravity of Sean Bean, but um, right. still a notable person here. Literally no clue. Bill okay. Pullman. Ooh, okay. <laughs> no, like it's that. definitely not Bill Pullman. <laughs> <laughs> he just, he has like that casual dad kind of voice. Like, I don't know. That mm-hmm. just sounded like a Bill pullman Steve Martin. No, I don't know. I'm just guessing random names. <laughs> I would love for Liza Steve Minnelli. Martin to narrate. Oh, excellent guess. Excellent guess. Yes, definitely her. When you discover superconductors in Civ Four, uh, this is a quote from Frederick Nietzsche. What is happiness? The feeling that power is growing and that resistance is overcome. Also, why aren't there any female voices? What's happening here? Good question. Yeah, there's been a call for that, actually, in the community. People are, are hoping for a female narrator in uh, in Civ 7. We'll see. Yeah. Wow, how good of them. Can we have a woman? Yay. Okay, <laughs> this yeah. Is a very, it's a very um, specific kind of voice, and I feel like I might know who it is when you say it, but I can't pinpoint it right now. All right, fair enough. Uh, so you're sticking with Steve Martin? <laughs> I'm sticking with Bill Pullman. I know Bill it's Pullman. not. <laughs> it's neither of those people. And, uh, and, and Ali's going with Liza Minnelli. Yep. Liza Minnelli, okay. for sure. The, cor- Definitely. the correct answer is actually Liza Minnelli. I can't believe you got it. That's <laughs> truly amazing. Uh, third one here, a bit of a trick question. That is the voice of Sid Meier, the creator of Civilization oh. himself. Uh, I don't think they could get Leonard Nimoy back into the studio to finish Civ Four or for the expansion pack, so he just read him himself. That's so cool. Well, yeah, so awesome. total trick question. There was no total way we were going to get that. I did leave hints for you. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. So uh, zero out of three. Great job. Cool, cool, cool. Nailed it. Hey, you know what? I'd rather come in first or last. I don't want to be middle of the road. Fair enough. All right, folks. We got to get out of here, out of this trivia mess. And it's time for a commercial break. We'll see you in a moment. 
escape the apocalypse with me, 36 Boston, from the website where any missed connection is a 50-50 shot at finding true love or being murdered, Craigslist. Ebola is about to break loose in America. It's already in Dallas and Atlanta. Boston will be its next stop, I am sure. And soon airplanes, taxis, and the tea will not be safe. Don't wait for it to be too late. I have been prepping for about 10 years in the Vermont mountains and have a hidden sustainable bug out shelter well off the grid and completely self-sufficient. I only fear that by going there now, alone, I will emerge in 10 to 15 years to find humanity has succumbed to this modern day plague, and I will have no way to keep the species going. I'll sure be joining that guy. What do you guys think? Seems safe. Uh, I support you. <laughs> but you're it not coming. It seems like a solid plan. Can I visit? Uh, yeah. If you don't go in the beginning, then you'll be dead. So. Oh, that's I don't good. think that's really how it works, though. No? All right. Yeah. All right. Well, all right. Uh, <laughs> well, folks, it is time for our interview. We are thrilled to have with us Steve Yanoski, the Royale showrunner for Civ Battle Royale. Welcome, Steve. Hi. Hi. Steve, who's running the show right now? If you're not there. <laughs> it runs itself. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I think that's the whole point, actually. So what do you do? <laughs> no, really. <laughs> the show runs itself. Yeah. It's an AI show. No, but ser- but seriously, tell tell us. what. So uh, maybe we should step back. Yeah, How did this step get back. started? How did this get started? So this was before I even actually watched it many, honestly many, but several years ago, uh, a guy named the Neon Master made a giant map Civ game with AIs fighting each other for world domination. It got picked up by some media outlets and and kind of grew into a, um, people called it an experiment at the time. And since then we have uh, taken it and turned it into a, a weekly show. That's so cool. And what was sort of like your history with the Civilization game? I've been playing Civ for a long time. Uh, I actually have uh, somewhere around here my original Civ 4 uh, CDs. Back in the day, you had to put CDs in your computer to play games. <laughs> I know. Oh, I, remember I remember those days. <laughs> the Oregon Trail Carmen San Diego days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I joined sometime in the middle of the project after it had uh, already been uh, experimentized, I guess you could call it. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about it? I mean, basically, we know that it it runs on AI and you're just watching the world play out. So I guess, how does does the world begin? So we start off with every Civ getting a settler and some units. And it's basically just the AI playing by itself instead of having a human to influence any of the events. We try to be as hands-off as possible. For example, there is a World Congress, uh, and we do not vote in the World Congress to limit our influence as much as we possibly can. But the AI knows to make a Congress. Basically, there are all these rules in place, so it follows what civilizations do. Is that right? Yeah. The, the, so the game progresses 
as a normal Civ game would progress just mm-hmm. without any human interaction. And that we watch the AIs basically fight each other until uh, one is declared a winner. And how long does that take for, for one to be declared a winner? So the, the only one that we finished so far, um, and we actually had to stop because it crashed and rebuild it. Um, but the only one we finished so far took around 1,300 turns wow. to finish. 1,300 turns. So how many hours of gameplay is that? That game was notoriously bad uh, with Civ. <laughs> By the end of the game, it was taking a week to run one turn. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. Wow. So then, so how many weeks did that civilization last? Do math, Allie. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I can't do math. I can't do math. We already talked about this. I, I want to be a good feminist and be like, yeah, math. But like, I don't fucking know. Math. <laughs> you know, I don't know I took calculus A and B in high school. And I want you to guys know I got a five on my AP test. And now I literally can't add. <laughs> All right. All right. Listen, so if you never use many... it, <laughs> what? If you never use it, then yeah. yeah. Listen, sine and cosine have not affected my life, so <laughs> it was kind of a waste of time. So, can you? So, how many weeks did it take for that one to run? I ran it for the better part of a year in that state. There was a time before it got to a week. It was it was slowly increasing, so it didn't start at a week. It used to be that I would right. spend a Saturday recording the turns. It would I'd probably get like ten turns in on a Saturday, uh, but then over time it just it started to balloon into insanity, and and it was a week uh, per turn. And I actually would just leave it on, and I would do other stuff on my computer while it was just running in the background. Yeah, and it took so long because the civilization was so complex. Is that right? In our I guess post game analysis. We theorized that the the fact that the the largest civs started to have a ridiculous number of cities uh, really bogged the AI down, and uh, its decision making took a long time to loop through whatever choices it was making for building or or moving units. The game civ is default. You have about twenty three civs. There's like a hundred units, but then the community, the civ community in general, makes a lot of modifications. They add extra sieves, they add extra units, extra eras, they change the rules a little bit. And at some point, I think probably like five years ago, uh, Firaxis released the, the actual source code for sieve. And so that enabled modders to do even more. And that how, is how the, the uh, 60 sieve, 60, I think 62 sieve DLL came about to allow us to actually put that many sieves in the game. The base game has like Brazil and and uh, China and and Germany, and then modders have added civs from all over the world. There's a lot of uh, Aboriginal civilizations, places like Australia and and North America and South America that kind of get forgotten. So a lot of a lot of modders focus on that because it's uh, a lot of they can do a lot of research and and add some really neat historical stuff. So like the Selknam in the the current season, there's also uh the Apache Poverty Point. So there's there's a lot of interesting native civs that end up in the mix because of the uh just the the nature of of where the mods are and everything. Cuz we have to we have to focus on putting a civ in every area 
So it has to it has to we have to have enough sieves basically in each area to make the game run. And so we include a lot of sieves that people probably would never have heard of before. So when you say Brazil, does it match where Brazil is today or it's just like random names, random countries? How much does that correspond to the real map? Uh, So the game is run with something called True Start Location. So every sieve that is built a historical sieve that represents like a historical leader or whatever has a location that it starts in on a real world map. Okay. Um, Brazil does start in Brazil. Okay. There was a civilization called the Buccaneers that was in the Caribbean, as you would expect them to be, which were technically a thing that existed in, I think, like the, the 16 and 1700s in the Caribbean. They were they considered themselves a real nation, so uh, they oh. got included. Oh, um, but yeah, they, okay, they okay. start in their in their home location. America was actually in that game, died really early, but started in Washington, D.C. Might be for the best. <laughs> so then you started releasing video recaps. Is that right? Yeah. For the, the new season, um, we actually record everything in video up front. I have full video of every turn and everything that happened on every turn. Wow. So you mean you're doing it up front and then you're going to edit and release later? Yeah, that's what we're doing. We're actually releasing now, but but I actually recorded everything we're releasing back in July, I think. Wow. So you have to sit down and watch the hours and hours and hours of footage to pare it down. Uh, so I have a script that pulls out screenshots for our uh, for the rest of the team, and I, I actually pass that off. There's another guy who then takes those screenshots and, and stitches them together into a, a story. Mm-hmm. And then once that, that is set, uh, we pass that off to the community, and, and we pick a community member. Uh, just at random, basically, of, out of a sign-up list to say, here you go, you you know narrate it, you can put whatever flair on it we want. Some guy wrote a haiku narration once. Wow. Well, that sounds pretty efficient. But here's the thing. He, Steve knows what happens. He knows what happened in the battle before everyone else does. Right. And, and this is top secret knowledge. Right. Yes. So right, well, it's just like a writer's room. Exactly. Right. <laughs> it's like shooting Game of Thrones, the ending of Game of Thrones, and then sitting on it for months. So how do you use your power, Steve? Um, (laughs) i try not to abuse them but every once in a while i'll like say something that's that's very cryptic and then people sometimes like to dig into it but you tease it a little i like that i like that so this has basically become a, a show in a way right it's like a tv show and people are tuning in every week to see what's happening with this world is that right yeah yep it's it basically is like a tv show now we actually switched this this iteration to call them seasons and episodes, they used to be called uh, Mark and Part um, because we wanted to to more go towards the TV kind of vibe. Yeah. If we're talking about this like a TV show and we're just friends having drinks, we're saying, so what's your favorite TV show? You're like, it's a battle royale. <laughs> what, what are some like key moments that you would tell us about that you're like, this show just kills. It's so good. I think it literally kills. I think there's a lot of war. I think the goal is domination. <laughs> more death than Game of Thrones. <laughs> like, what are your favorite moments out of like the the one that was completed, for example? The biggest thing out of the one that was completed was uh, it, actually there was a comeback story. So um, there was a sieve in Brazil uh, led by uh, Pedro II. It actually they were doing pretty bad for a while there, and then they managed to come back through some really interesting maneuvers uh, by the AI to. Um, to, to take over and actually win the game. What did the AI do? <laughs> so, for example, the Buccaneers, they were very new cappy. So Brazil 
allied with them against their northern neighbors, the Inuit, and let the Buccaneers nuke the crap out of the Inuit. And history repeats itself. <laughs> this is why I love this game. <laughs> Pirates nuking Eskimos just yeah. another day. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wait, and then what? Brazil basically just walked in. So there's uh, XCOM units, which are from one of Frax's other titles, uh, XCOM, and they can pair drop in really far away. So Brazil waited until the nuclear fallout basically was clear and then just pair dropped a bunch of XCOMs in and started taking cities. It was actually uh, really clever, which is weird to say for uh, basically a bunch of ones and zeros. Yeah. And so the algorithm or the AI, it's it's. Um, not completely predictable or there's something that's tweaked every time. So then when you restart, it's a new world and a new TV show, right? Uh, so we start the new season with completely new sieves that are voted on by the community. So uh, each sieve has its own flavors uh, and, and values that it uses to determine, am I going to build, you know, boats or am I going to build air units or am I going to build archers or, you know, whatever. That, that's that's how it varies from from season to season is is we actually have a completely new cast every season oh okay i like how you're, you're leaning into the, the cast terminology <laughs> <laughs> when there's no people involved cool, cool, cool. <laughs> and this is when they take over so what are some trends that you see so for instance i was reading and i mentioned this at the top of the show but i thought something that i thought was really interesting was saying how you know australia tends to remain isolated but then you know, that I think that sort of like helps them later. Like what are different trends you see based on geography that keep kind of playing out the same way? There's certain areas of the map that have a tendency to be where major powers meet. Uh, Greenland is one of those areas. Later in the game, you'll get two major powers that basically split the, uh, the island. Australia, like you said, was another one where they have, there's usually only one or two sieves on the continent of Australia. One of them usually kills the other one pretty early on. Um, okay. But then the the water around them, the Civ AI is notoriously bad at naval invasions. So the water around them kind of stops them from leaving, but also stops anyone from getting to them. Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff like that. It, we have found that whatever Civ starts in the Himalayan region has a tendency to um, basically live forever as a like three city rump state. Wait, sorry, it has a tendency to live forever. Yeah, they'll what? they'll last a long time in there as a rump state. Because no one can get to them? Yeah, because the mountains make it really hard for unit movement. Interesting. Because you can't move over them because they're tall. <laughs> they are. They are. I've heard that about <laughs> mountains. <laughs> yeah. You were saying the community can add civilizations and stuff like that, so and they can change things. How much is the community allowed to change and control before the AI takes over? The, the community does is makes mods, and you can actually play with those mods. They're not just ai mods like you can you can play as those civilizations we just take those mods and basically make our own mix of what we want in the game uh and then that is what we use to to uh create the the show let's get into the community because we know that there's a big fan following um like super fans for this who are creating fan fiction and things like that so uh steve what are like what are the ways that fans are engaging uh, so we have a pretty vibrant subreddit and Discord community um, that make all kinds of stuff from Civball art. Uh, they make, you know, original stories. A guy wrote a novel about the the Mark II. It's actually like a full-length novel. Uh, and 
Yeah. And so stuff like that, newspapers, um, but there's also stats guys who love looking at the numbers and, oh, this has this many nukes now. And uh, so, yeah, people dig into whatever kind of fancies them. Did you read the novel? I have read some of the novel. I haven't read all of it. Okay. What What is it about? Why is it not very good? Or <laughs> no, it's, <laughs> no, it's pretty good actually. Um, it's it just tells the stories of the leaders and how they interact with each other. Um, the the lore of the game is that the leaders are immortal um, because they live for thousands of years. People have developed all kinds of backstory relating to uh, how the immortals function. What happens when the Civ, you know, loses the game? Do they die? Do they just vanish? Oh, because you're taking specific historical leaders and they're there throughout the game. So they're living forever. Yeah. So there's lore now for why they're living forever. There's lore for why they live forever. Um, there's lore for so uh, the the quote unquote human player uh, that's that's called the observer and that we in our terminology actually sits in a submarine uh, in one little part of the map that's kind of blocked off where they, the civs can't get to. Um, and so people have made lore about what goes on in the submarine and, you know, who is watching the monitors and, and when certain events happen, um, you know, what is their reaction to things? And uh, part of the lore is that the, the immortals, we actually uh, have all of the immortals in like the submarine and they just kind of hang out. And then when we want to deploy them into an iteration of the game, uh, we wipe their minds to their like historical mind and plop them down and let them go. Wait, what? <laughs> that made no sense. So these historical figures, the lore is that they're hanging out in the submarine until they're needed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. Ali, who has performed Jesus and Hitler getting married fan fiction, is confused about why this submarine thing so weird. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because okay, Hitler, it. it makes a lot of sense, right? Like that makes Hitler sense. goes okay. back in time, he meets Jesus, and they fall in love in that particular fan fiction. So he gets in a time machine. Like, that makes sense, right? Yeah, no, but that, we're that, saying, that, like, that does check. they're hanging out in a submarine until they're mm -hmm. needed. I'm just like, <laughs> it's a game. These are the characters. They're there. You know what I mean? Like, if you play Monopoly and you got your little thimble and your little horse, you know? <laughs> it's just how it works. So, okay. I mean, but definitely there's kinky shit going down in that submarine. You know what I mean? You lock yeah. a lot of powerful people in a submarine. <laughs> there definitely could be. Wow. For sure. But is it true that some of the fan fiction is about the life of like, quote unquote, common people in this world? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not all it's not all fan fiction written about the leaders. There was a series that went for a while called um, What Is It Like? I think it was called. And uh, basically they said, you know, like, what is it like to live in this city at this time when this was going on? And they would write like a story just about regular people. Part of the mods that we add is a, a thing called Future Worlds, and it basically extends the game because the game ends like in the modern era normally. This extends it into the future. And part of that mod is you can actually build a thing called Skynet, and then you can upload your citizens into it. <laughs> so the one nation, the Boers, were real big on doing that. They were very like robot-focused. Uh, and so there were stories written about what happens when they conquer a city and then they start to take the people and divide them into uh, their usefulness uh, in in being uploaded because it costs it's, it takes effort to upload people. Uh, so they actually like filter people out based on how useful Ooh, they are. So it's actually shit. a really like, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's some Gattaca shit. That's going to happen. <laughs> They're going to decide who gets to be uploaded and who doesn't. Yeah. People with um, useful bodies that were that were still like young. Yeah, it's gonna be based uh, on racism. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> <laughs>
Is your body useful? Or like a handmaid's tale, something like that. Okay. Wow. Well, we were also hearing that people root for historical underdogs. Is that true? I love that. Yeah. Uh, there was uh, a big following in the Mark II uh, for Canada. Um, and there was actually a whole thing. They called it Canifest Destiny. And that's funny. But is Canada an underdog? Like, I don't think of can. I mean, frankly, they're doing quite well. Like, that's not. I thought the underdog was going to be like the Native Americans. <laughs> because they all got slaughtered. There definitely, there definitely are a lot of um, people who root for for native, especially if they are like a, they associate with that group. So we we definitely get uh, people who root for for the native groups, or some people just like an underdog too. And, and some of the native groups were really um, definitely underdogs, um, but some of them are really powerful in the current uh, season. The Iroquois are actually quite large. Cool. Well, the other thing that's interesting is that everyone has to be super violent to win, right? Like, <laughs> Basically, yeah. 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 Okay. There's no other win condition other than domination because um, there, so the, the, we run the big Civ AI game, but there are actually a bunch of smaller ones that other people run. Uh, sometimes they turn on other win conditions and we, from, from looking at those and a lot of things, they're just not as fun to watch. Yeah, no, that's fair. Like, war is um, very sad, but the fact is, it's also what people tune into. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're mostly following these famous historical figures, is that correct? Uh, yeah, the, the figures are most of the, the draw. Because what's, what's fascinating to me about this, and I'm coming with a total theatrical bias, is that the reason I get hooked on a show is because of the connection with the actors and the characters and their, like, emotional journeys. So it's fascinating to me. This is so wildly popular, but that's not really an element, is it? Uh, people will attribute the, the decision-making to the leader. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they usually won't just say, oh, the AI did this. They'll say, right. like, Pedro did this or Abraham Lincoln did that. You kind of get that same kind of feeling um, as if it were sort of an actor. Players understand that these AI characters have personalities, and I'm using that word liberally, but like Lincoln is not a warmonger, but Montezuma is like a pain in the ass. And so they, these characters do have proclivities that then probably, I'm assuming, play out in the in the domination game, right? Or that's what people are latching onto. Yeah, they, the the modders decide basically what they're weighted towards, what they would do. Um, and so, like you said, Montezuma is definitely a pain in the ass. Um, he loves to kill everything. Um, <laughs> there was also uh, in in the Mark II, there was Attila the Hun, and he loved burning cities down for just no reason. <laughs> he would just take a city and immediately set it on fire. Sounds about right. Yeah, <laughs> if you know the game, that is that is a bad strategy. You want to gain cities. You don't want to like leave a path of destruction. Typically, yeah, oh, you're not helping yourself. Okay, I thought you were trying to just destroy everything so that you are the only one left. The domination victory mode is actually, in terms of the game, to control every other Civ's capital. To enslave everyone. Basically, cool. yeah. <laughs> so it's a love story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you must observe certain civs that are just fucking stupid as hell. Like they're just doing playing really badly for some unknown reason. Is that true? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Civs have made um, pretty poor decisions sometimes, um, like forward settling uh, someone, 
who forward settling is basically settling a city right next to uh, someone else's cities when you have plenty of open space you could settle your own cities in. Oh, and so then you're just kind of like asking to be dominated? <laughs> basically, yes. Yeah. They'll forward settle someone who has like a huge army. In the last season, there was the Byzantines uh, who were basically a two-city rump and declared war on Finland, who was like this huge superpower at the time. And Finland just obliterated them. I heard a rumor that you might do a fantasy one in the future where it would be like Game of Thrones civilizations. I mean, so is that in the pipeline? Uh, yeah, so we want to um, put together a, a, a fictional CBR where, like I said, like you said, all the civs are from uh, different fictional universes like uh, video games and books and movies and, and uh, whatever else. So we've got civs from like Fire Emblem and the Pyromancer from Team Fortress and Game of Thrones civs. Do you have Narnia? Ooh. Uh, I don't know if Narnia made it in this. Like, the community voted on which civs they wanted to see. So I feel like if Narnia battled like Harry Potter worlds, <laughs> I would be really into that. But then the question is, for Narnia, can you only get there through a closet? You have to attack them through the closet. That'd be tough. I don't <laughs> think the units would, would like that. Yeah, that could be complicated. Yeah. Is there a Star Wars? This is this is probably a stupid a Star question. Wars this one, is yes. this is like is there porn of Civ? Yes. Is there a Star Wars uh, mod that like fully transforms the whole map into a Star Wars situation? Uh, I don't think there's a there's a full conversion mod Wait, for Star that Wars. That would be fucking cool because that universe is so built out already, and then you just have Luke and Leia and everyone living forever. But you've got all the units from across the galaxy. You've got Wookiees fighting Ewoks right, and right, all right. that good oh my stuff. God, yes. Yeah. Get on it. Yeah. <laughs> I think you should also look at sitcoms, you know? Oh, okay. Yeah, just like a Seinfeld versus like <laughs> Frasier situation. You have them battle it out. That's so boring. <laughs> What's okay. the deal with archery? <laughs> that was pretty good, Matt. That was cool. <laughs> so, Steve, what's going on in the current season? Who's ahead? Who's predicted to win? What trash talk is going down? So the the current season, we're probably about halfway through. We're getting towards the end of the initial run. So there's there's the game runs for a while and sometimes it crashes. And that was what happened with this game. It crashed and it was actually unrecoverable due to some memory issues. So we decided to do something called we call Project Endgame. That is basically like a playoffs where we take all the living civs, put them back on a smaller map and, and basically run things again to to uh, have them, you know, pick out a winner. So the, the race right now is basically to live to get to the end game to the to the playoffs. But there are definitely some big civs. Uruguay is pretty big. Um, the Iroquois are pretty big. We actually have a group of people in the community that do something that basically rank the civs every week based on who they think will win. So they have a, a huge list and they do write-ups and, and there's like an image slideshow. They post up uh, posts on the Reddit. There's a prediction contest based on it. So it's actually like a whole a whole thing that the, that they do, which is pretty cool. But um, I think right now Uruguay is ranked number one. Um, and then I think Zimbabwe is still number two as of the last episode. I went to Uruguay uh, last year and it was delightful. So I support this message. <laughs> I I had one more question. I wanted to know what do you think this simulation teaches us about human civilization, if anything? That we probably shouldn't try to kill each other because it's not it doesn't go well. Cool, 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 cool. You heard it here on Two Good Girls lesson. One Podcast. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Steve. <laughs> sure. Glad to be here. 
this is really fascinating because I think the internet really showed the mainstream world how insanely popular video games are, right? Like, right. I, I know you as a player, Matt, knew, but, you know, all these spinoffs have appeared, right? Where it's it's so popular to watch other people play games. And now- 100%. There are whole competitions around watching people play games, right? And now it's watching AI play games. And it's interesting that this is kind of being increasingly adapted to a show format. And I have to say, it's also really funny to me as someone who pitches out in LA, because there's all these (laughs) development executives and, you know... I don't mean to trash talk any development executives. Please green light my shit. But everyone's like, oh, that won't work. That doesn't work. Uh And it's like, frankly, uh let's all just at least admit that we have no fucking idea what works. (laughs) Because if I told you that unboxing, can you imagine like in the 90s, you went to a network and you were like, here's the show. We watch little kids unwrap presents. It's going to be huge. They'd be like, you're a fucking idiot. And now that exists and has billions of views. And I mean, I know you could argue like TV versus digital format. But my point is like things are wildly popular that we did not necessarily ever predict. And so this is just another facet of that that I find really interesting. And I also find the robot takeover interesting. I think this is pretty clear that when the robots come, depending on how they're programmed, they will kill us all. We have to make sure they are not programmed for the goal of domination. (laughs) Unless it's like a kinky, fun sex thing. You know what I mean? Right, right. I love the creative aspect of it, the creating of newspaper headlines and, and also just like picking teams kind of like, you know, choosing your civilizations and really going for that. Like, yeah, it just, it, it involves so many different elements of like how people can participate in this and what you can take away from it. The other thing that's fascinating to me is that for TV shows, a lot of super fans, they get like really up in arms about it. They like expect the writers to kind of like listen to their whims and they get mad about it. Good and this and that. But for this, you can't there's like control nothing this. you can do about it. It's yeah. the AI. But so <laughs> right. it's also interesting that you're rooting for something that's like is truly so out of anyone, anyone's control, right. which I guess is true for the TV shows as well. I don't know how much they're really catering to the fans or not, but. But it's like, okay, but I'm rooting for my football team. Like literally nothing I do in my home watching television has any impact on how players perform in the game. So is it any, is it truly any different? A little. I mean, I think you can certainly follow their stats and you like their personality or or there's hometown loyalty because you're from there. This really doesn't have those elements, but people are still super into it. Every Civ has very specific stats, advantages and disadvantage. Each oh, character okay, has personality, okay. which again is just scripted by a computer, but you know, there it is. Yeah. And hey, people are rooting for Native Americans because right, they're right, from right, South right. America or whatever, you know, that it's all there. Yeah. Yeah. All right, folks. Well, as always, we would love to hear your thoughts on today's topic. Have you been watching, following along with Sub Battle Royale? Who are you rooting for? Um, you know, anything you want to share with us about this game and your thoughts and this episode, we would love to know it. You can tweet at me at June Bugger. I'm at Allie Gold, A-L-L-I-G-O-L-D. You can email us at 2G1podcast at gmail.com. And you can call us, you could leave a voicemail, and or you could text at this very same phone number. And that number is 347-871-6548. That number again, 347-871-6LIT. And last but most certainly not least, please join our Discord server, discord.gg slash 2G1P, where listeners of the show are coming to share ideas, get to know one another, uh, suggest show topics and questions 
We would love to see you there. Discord.gg slash 2G1P. Ali, if they'd like to contribute to this here show, how do they do it? I know it seems like we have our shit together, but we don't. So you can make a contribution at a variety of levels and you will receive a perk in exchange, which reminds me, Jen, that we have some shout outs that are overdue. <laughs> Coming at you soon. All right. Well, thank you for being here and we will see you next time. Two Girls, One Podcast is hosted by Allison Goldberg and Jennifer Jamula, then immediately rejected by the World Congress. I mean, produced and edited by Matt Silverman in New York City. Production assistance is provided by the Podglomerate. This show is a production of The Daily Dot, the number one source for in-depth reporting about life on the internet. The Podglomerate, a sonic universe. Never trust a computer you can't throw out a window.